It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Texas Sports Nation podcast. I'm Steve Schaefer of the Houston Chronicle with Astros beat writer Chandler Rome. And Chandler, it's essentially all over but the shouting as far as the regular season is concerned. The Astros wrapping up a four-game series in Baltimore with a series split. They've got 101 wins, a chance at the club record. Uh, They'd have to win six of the final eight to tie it, seven of eight to get it. But as we go into this final stretch of the regular season, what are your observations about this team heading into the playoffs and how it's doing right now? Yeah, they're just chugging along. I mean, honestly, the, the, the name of the game these last two weeks should honestly be just get every, like, make sure you get everyone healthy, no injuries, which they've been very fortunate on the injury front, maybe Michael Brantley notwithstanding. They've been very fortunate position player-wise with injuries this year. Um, Jordan Alvarez's hands have been an ambiguous issue throughout the second half, but he seems to have really turned on in September to, to kind of quash any uh, doubts about him. So I think it's, I, I think honestly, it's just kind of play out the stream and get to the playoffs. Don't get anybody hurt. Um, I think it's commendable that they're still coming out and putting forth the efforts that they're putting forth. Um, they probably should be happy that it's, they're more than likely not going to face the Baltimore Orioles in the playoffs because they have, they have just stymied them for the seven games they played uh, this regular season. But, I mean, they went to Tampa and completely took apart the Rays for three games. And again, you don't want to overreact to a three-game series, but to do that against a team that you could very likely play in the division series, I mean, the Astros completely outclassed them. Um, they their, their lineup put up great at-bats against Shane McClanahan, against Drew Rasmussen, against a really good pitching staff. So um, I, I think that's probably where the Astros kind of separate themselves. I think them and the Dodgers are probably the two best teams at this, like, I think everyone's known for months now that both the Dodgers and the Astros were going to win their respective divisions. We're probably going to inch close to 100 games uh, to win totals, but they really neither team has let let their foot off the gas. I mean, they, they've really continued to play very well. Um, they've continued to come with a workmanlike attitude. Dusty Baker's given some of his regulars some days off, but for the most part, they're running guys out there. Uh, with really nothing to play for except padding some stats and getting some personal numbers and getting some career highs uh, kind of established. But um, it's a commendable effort by the Astros when everything is sewn up to keep this laser focus and to keep playing at a high level like they're playing right now. You know, one of the things that's going to come up in the playoffs uh, very soon, of course, the Astros are going to get that vibe and they're going to play a best of five. We figure probably against what's going to be the winner of a Rays-Blue Jays first round series. Um, and that is the uh, Framber Valdez finally had that outstanding streak of quality starts snapped 
on Saturday, but 25 games in a row where you can count on at least six innings and three or fewer earned runs. And I'm thinking about going to the playoffs, Justin Verlander, Valdez as a one-two. What do you think of them compared to, we can just keep this in the American League, about a one-two punch going into the postseason this year? Well, I think, honestly, the the next best one-two punch in the American League could probably line up against the Astros in the DS, and that'd be Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman with the with the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, I, I think they're as formidable. I think Ver, I think the Astros have to feel better than just about any team in the AL with the first two starters they're going to run out there. You know, with Verlander, who is well on his way to winning the Cy Young Award, Fromber, like you mentioned, had his had his quality start streak snapped. You know, I, I know in this day and age, you know, we don't like we want to break everything down so granularly and with analytics and everything. But like, I, I, I put value in quality starts because like most of the time, if you pitch six innings and you give up three or fewer earned runs, like you, most of the time you're putting your team in a position to win. Like, and so I, I think for Fromber to do that and be as consistent as he's been too, just after everything he went through in 18 and 2018 and 2019, just um, he's been a remarkable turnaround for them and it'll be interesting to see too because you know Fromber in the postseason last year he had his hiccups he did not pitch well in game one of the world series he did not pitch well I don't believe he pitched well in game five of the world series in Atlanta remember he gave up that grand slam to Austin Riley the Astros came back and won that game but um, he also put in there a gem at Fenway Park during the ALCS so he's gonna have to ratchet that consistency up in the postseason where he, he he has to exercise some demons from last year but I think, you know, as far as pitching goes, you know, the one-two punch the Astros have starting, it's going to be, it's difficult for me to envision a team beating both of those guys. But then you also look back to the 2019 World Series. They had Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander lined up to start game six and seven uh, at, at Minute Maid Park, and it, didn't, and, and it didn't work. So I don't know. Like, it's baseball. Anything can happen. But the Astros have to feel as good as they can feel um, about their pitching rotation uh, going into the playoffs. And as we're talking, I guess it comes to mind the fact that we don't even know if Toronto or Tampa Bay is going to have its one-two once they would meet because they've got to play in that wild card round. So you may have Verlander facing the number three or four or five guy. Well, probably not five guy uh, in that situation. But so it maybe makes them a little bit more formidable knowing they're not going to be facing aces necessarily. But beyond Verlander and Valdez, I mean, this Astros staff, um, we've talked about it this year. I mean, they, they've really gotten where they have by and large, with pitching. They've had some good offensive years. Jordan Alvarez is going to finish probably top five MVP voting. Kyle Tucker has had a good year. Jose Altuve's had a very good year, really coming on uh, in the second half. Um, Alex Bregman's put up some pretty good numbers, but pitching is what's done, what's done it for this team. And when Hunter Brown got called up, it essentially gave them this even seventh really good starter. But come the playoffs, you don't need seven starters. What about the third and the fourth spots? They're certainly not going to need five starters for the DS. Who do you see filling those roles? Well, it's going to be, first and foremost, it's dictated on matchups. So they're going to look, whether they play the Rays, whether they play the Blue Jays, whether it's somehow the Mariners, or who knows who they're going to play. But whoever it is, they're going to look at what pitchers match up best with these guys. And I think that's probably, first and foremost, what's going to dictate their decision. Um, but I think as far as who's going to be the third starter, if you look at the DS, because of the way the schedule is lined up, they really will only need three starters. If that's because they have an extra off day this year in the DS, 
if they needed, if the series does go four games, they would have the ability to bring back the game one starter, ostensibly Justin Berlander. They would have the ability to bring him back on regular rest to start game four. So they would only need three starters in this version of the ALDS roster. And to me, it has to come down to Christian Javier or Lance McCullers Jr. Um, Christian Javier, again, was absolutely brilliant today in Baltimore. Uh, struck out, I believe, eight batters in six scoreless innings. If not for a rain delay, would have probably pitched into the eighth because he was so economical, so pitch efficient. Um, he Opponents are hitting 172 off of him this year in 142 and two-thirds innings. That is the lowest batting average against any pitcher in baseball, any starting pitcher in baseball. Now, Javier hasn't pitched enough innings to qualify for the ERA title yet, so he's not among the qualified starters, but he leads the Astro, he leads the entire Astros staff with 187 strikeouts. Um, the way he is pitching and the way he's able to miss bats and the way he's able to be around the zone, I, I, I honestly would probably give the edge to him. Now, that may sound crazy with Lance McCullers being who Lance McCullers is. Obviously, what he means to the clubhouse, what he means to the, the team, kind of his stature kind of his service time and, and his place in the hierarchy is obviously higher, but I think the Astros are going to have a, a pretty interesting conversation to have with themselves because, you know, it, it, I don't know how you can look at this and say Christian Javier is not your third best starting pitcher right now. Just overall body of work. He's thrown a hundred, he's thrown almost 150 innings this year. You know, he's done it for a longer sample size this year than Lance McCullers has. And this is not taking anything away from Lance McCullers, who who has thrown the ball well um, in his seven starts back since coming off the IL. He's, you know, it's kind of been very typical Lance McCullers. He's got 21 walks and 41 and two-thirds innings, but he's only allowing a 205 batting average against. Um, He's not the most pitch-efficient guy in the world. He lets guys on base. He, He can spray the ball around a little bit, but the stuff is so good that he can either get a big punch out when he needs it, or he can get a ground ball double play when he needs it. The velocity has looked good. The stuff has looked good. He's really rounding back into the vintage kind of Lance McCullers form. Um, I, I think if he continues that, I, I think I could envision a scenario where they do start him in game three of the ALDS, and they've got Christian Javier available in the bullpen because it, if Christian Javier is accustomed to one thing, it is coming out of the bullpen and providing length. That's something that Lance McCullers, while he's done before, that's just not his forte. He doesn't, he's not a guy that comes out of the bullpen like that. So I think both of them are going to make the roster. I just think to have put these guys in a place where they're most comfortable, I don't think it would make sense to bring Lance McCullers out of the bullpen. So, and when you look at kind of how game playoff games are managed, um, the Astros have been spoiled this year because their starters have gone remarkably deep into games. Their their rotation has thrown more innings than anyone in baseball. Their bullpen has thrown fewer innings than anyone in baseball. But you you manage playoff games differently. Like if if there's a tense situation in the fourth inning and there's a game about to get away, then you're not going to let your starter work through that. Maybe maybe Justin Verlander, but other guys, you know, you got to be more aggressive in your bullpen management. And I think that's where a guy like Javier could come in handy. He could be a guy that can come in and get you two outs or get you seven or eight outs. And if, you know, a guy has a start, if you have to go get a starter early, if something happens like that, you know, I think he, he is much more accustomed to coming out of the bullpen. He did it last year in the playoffs. So I think for no other reason other than they just have a surplus and that if you have to 
keep McCullers comfortable as a starter. I think that's kind of how they're going to work this out. But um, on any other team, Christian Javier would be starting like game two of a playoff series. Like he, he's been that good all year. And it just kind of underscores the luxury that the Astros have had all year um, in just the remarkable depth that they've accrued in their, in their, uh, in their rotation. I think it'll be interesting to see too, as you mentioned with not needing five, maybe not even four starters for the DS, you know what their roster construction will look like in case does, does a Jose Arquiti get left off that, that particular round entirely because they've got this core of relievers. And it kind of brings me to my next question. Is there going to be a playoff spot for Hunter Brown? We've not done a podcast really talking much about him since he got called up or at all since he got called up, but nice escape. He had Saturday night, loaded bases, but guy out of it with no runs scored. Um, obviously he's not going to be a starter in the playoffs, but does he have a postseason role with this club? I think they're going to use these next, this next week or so to determine that. Um, because obviously he made his first two appearances as a traditional starter in the big leagues. Um, they've since moved him to the bullpen. One of his bullpen, one of his first, his first appearance out of the bullpen was kind of in a piggyback role with Luis Garcia came in through three innings. And then, like you mentioned, on Saturday night, he comes in in the middle. Uh, he got a clean inning, so he didn't have to come in mid-inning, but he did have to warm up quick, and it was a it was a spurt. It was a sprint. It was one inning, and, you know, he got the fastball up to 99. Um, the slider was up to 96, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I think the first pitch he threw of that inning was, was a 96-mile-an-hour slider, which um, that's not fair. That's not supposed to happen. Um, but – I think, honestly, you saw a little bit more of his moxie in that outing when he did get himself into some trouble. He allowed some, got some contact, got the bases loaded, but worked himself out of it, kept himself pretty emotionally even keeled. And that's been kind of his MO since he's been up here. He didn't let the debut get to him. He didn't let going back to Detroit where he pitched in in front of a bunch of family and friends. You know, he didn't let that get to him either. Um, I I think, you know, I, I... when you look at him from a playoff perspective, I have to go back again to comfort. And I have to go back again to do the Astros want to expose him to situations that he's not familiar in on the sport's biggest stage? You know, I think it'd be an easier answer if the bullpen had some struggles. But like, I mean, you look at the bullpen now and you feel comfortable in at least four leverage relievers in Presley, Montero, Naris, Stanek. Um, you know, you look at if they play a really, really right-handed heavy team, I could see Seth Martinez squeaking on the playoff roster because he's been low-key one of the best right-on-right relievers in baseball all year. He's not even on the active roster right now, but I could see a situation in which he makes the playoff roster. We talked about Christian Javier maybe having to be the long man in that. And then you have to wonder, too, You know, James Click was talking about this today on his pregame interview with Robert Ford on the radio. Because of the new off-day rules, um, because of the more off days in the DS, like you, you honestly wonder like how much pitching are they going to need? And so when you go to start constructing your roster, do you carry an extra position player as opposed to the full complement of 13 pitchers? Do you carry 14 position players and 12 pitchers? And if you do that, I think that shrinks off another roster spot that Hunter Brown can maybe occupy. So long story short, I think I'd like to see him a couple more times out of the bullpen, just you know, maybe it's coming in mid-inning. Maybe it's, you know, just seeing how he responds to getting hot quick, to warming up quick, coming in in a different situation. But this kid has passed every test with flying colors. 
And, and look, even if he doesn't make the playoff roster, even if he's just kind of around, I mean, this experience is invaluable for him. And I think he has certainly cemented himself as someone that's going to be in this rotation next season, uh, presuming health. You know, he is going to be in this rotation next season and he's going to be in a lot of future Astros rotations for years to come. His first impression at the big leagues has been nothing short of exceptional. One of the things that's kind of uh, interesting about this playoff situation for the Astros is the manager and GM situation. So here they've won 101 games as of this recording uh, with a week and a half left. Dusty Baker did not have a um, his contract expired uh, at the end of last season before they renewed him after he took the club to the World Series. And James Clicks is expiring. Uh, neither has been extended. I know Dusty has expressed the fact that he would like to come back. Um, he just became the fourth manager in history to win 100 uh, games in, in both leagues with different teams. Um, how does this affect this club going in? I mean, how do you, what do you make of this going into the postseason, the fact that neither James Click nor Dusty Baker has a contract for next year? What, what is at stake for, and are the stakes different for each of them? It's odd. I mean, look, this is not normal. I mean, I think uh, we obviously knew with Dusty Baker that this was going to be on a year-by-year basis. Just when he signed the one-year deal last year, um, given where he is age-wise, kind of given that he and James Click, James Click did not hire him. Um, so I think it's been we, – we've kind of known this was going to be a year-to-year basis with him. So I, I'm obviously we're not surprised at it because we knew that he wasn't going to be under contract because they made it public when he signed, re-signed last year that it was a one-year deal. Um, James Click's situation is a little bit different. Um, I've been told everybody that I talk to, they, they emphasize that this is not just a rubber stamp thing, that this is not just going to be, oh, yeah, we're going to extend them and we're going to move on and, and everybody's going to be happy and be merry. Like this, there is some real speculation. There's some real intrigue that, that James Click's not going to be back with the Astros um, after this season. And you, you do wonder, honestly, will it? Is it is this really World Series or bust? Is it win a World Series championship or there will be some sweeping changes? Um, as I've written, you know, it, on paper, it doesn't seem logical to part ways with the general manager, especially like you said, this team's won 101 games. The team last year went to got within two wins of the World Series with a depleted starting rotation. And then Click guided them through the 2020 season, one that was just a complete disaster for all involved just with the pandemic and everything but that team also got to within one win of a pennant so it it doesn't make a ton of sense um you do have to wonder if stuff has transpired behind because because that's the thing like if we're going just by the results and just by the baseball and just by kind of the moves that have been made then he should have been extended already um and i think that's what makes this so odd is that you would think that the general manager of a, of a team that is going to be the top seed in the American League, that is going to threaten its own club record for wins in a season, you would think that guy deserves some, at least some assurance that he's going to be here next year, and, and there is none. Um, you know, I, I think I, I think it's it's a toss up right now with both of these guys. Um, you know, I, I do think it's important to note that Jim Crane last season did this exact same thing with Dusty Baker. He allowed him to manage the entire postseason without a contract for the 2022 season. And then when they ended their run in the playoffs, he re-signed him two days later. It is also worth noting that both A.J. Hinch and Jeff Luno were extended mid 
in the middle of the season in 2019. They both had press conferences for both uh, things. So they've done this both ways, where he has handed out extensions during the season. He has also waited till after the season. So um, it's certainly an, a fascinating kind of subplot to this whole playoff run, because you, you do wonder if, I mean, look, baseball is a funny game. Like if, if they catch the, if they catch a team just playing really well and losing the ALDS or losing the ALCS on a hard fought one, does, does that mean just big, broad sweeping changes for the organization? You know, if you read the tea leaves, look, actions speak louder than words. Like if they, if they, if Jim Crane wanted these guys to be the long-term kind of stable nucleus of the future of this organization, both of them would be extended already just by what they have done this season, how the team has performed. Because they're not, that always invites wonder and invites speculation, and it's speculation's not going to go away. And it's going to be something that, look, they've done a good job in the clubhouse of, of kind of keeping this out of the clubhouse. And I mean, look, I'll be candid. Like, this has been a topic that has been whispered about in the Astros organization, just whispered about among people in both in and out of the clubhouse since the beginning of the season. This is not something that just cropped up in the last month or so. This is something that has been kind of just lingering around. And everyone's just kind of like, oh, well. And then finally, like when they got close to clinching, you kind of had to start wondering what was going to happen. So it sets up to be a pretty uh, compelling um, kind of kind of sidebar to this whole thing, because you wonder if, you know, if a couple bad bounces and a couple bad breaks and the ALDS, the ALCS, and if it's an early exit for the Astros, is it an early exit for the GM as well? Yeah, and I look at Dusty, and I think, you know, he, he might want to come back, but if the Astros were to win it all, maybe he says, hey, I finally got it. I finally did it, and perhaps that changes his mind. I guess the other thing I would ask you, is Joe Espada a factor in this conversation? Because he's interviewed for some jobs, and he seems to be a likely candidate to get a job at some point. Is he a guy that the Astros, well... Dusty's not going to be here for five years or anything like that. Is he a guy that they don't want to really risk letting go? Is, is he a factor at all in the thinking? I think he's a factor. Um, I, I think certainly he is going to get a large, he's going to get a long look this offseason by teams that already need managers. Like Don Mattingly today uh, announced that he's going to not return to the Miami Marlins next year. Joe Espada spent a ton of time early in his career in the Miami Marlins organization, knows a lot of people there. Um, Kim Ong, who was the general man, who's the general manager of the of the Marlins, she worked in the Yankees organization while Joe Espada was in the Yankees organization. Like, there's a lot of carry over there, so that would make some sense. And like, he is a trendy, hot name, and he's been one for a while now. And I think certainly he's got the respect of a lot of guys in the Astros clubhouse. He's been, he's honestly been the one symbol of continuity and consistency amid all this upheaval since 2019. You know, when AJ Hinch got fired, when Jeff Luno got fired. Joe Espada has been the guy. He's been the one kind of consistent, you know, even when Springer left, when Correa left, when Cole left, like Joe Espada is still there. And he's kind of the one, I'm not saying he's holding things together, but he's certainly a big influence. And he certainly got a, he certainly got his hands on a lot of things. You know, he, you see him before every game. He's the one out there working with the infielders. He basically runs pregame work. He does runs all of spring training, does all the spring training scheduling, things like that. He's very hands-on in how he does his – he's ready to be a manager. He should be a manager. Um, whether the Astros think that – he, I, and I think that's a – I think you bring up a good point. They have to decide whether 
he is invaluable enough for them to not let get away. And I, I think, I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know deep down how they feel about that. I think they really do value him. I think he's got a lot of cachet in the organization and I think they really like him. But when push comes to shove, would they be willing to go all out to keep him in a bench coach role? I, I don't think he would take that. I think he, I think he wants to be a manager and he, Obviously, he should want to be a manager. He's been, he's been the bridesmaid a lot. He's he interviewed for the Cubs job that went to David Ross. He interviewed for the Giants job that went to Gabe Kapler. Um, he was passed over for the Astros job when AJ Hinch got fired. Dusty Baker comes in and and he's handled and Joe has handled it very well. Um, I think certainly losing him would be a big blow to the Astros. I just don't know if they. I don't. I, I can't speak with authority on how invaluable the front office and the owner feels he is, whether they have to make a drastic decision to keep him around. Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, here we are already talking about a bunch of offseason intrigue. The playoffs haven't even started, so there'll be plenty of that to address, and we haven't touched on the fact that Justin Verlander is going to be eligible for free agency at the end of the year. But first things first, the end of the regular season, a couple games with the Diamondbacks, three with the Rays, three with the Phillies, to close, all at home, close out the regular season schedule, and then they'll have a few days off while the wild card rounds are going, and then it's the playoffs as the Astros uh, try to make the, the league championship series. Who knows what lies ahead uh, after that, uh, that first round, if they can make it. But a lot of intrigue uh, coming up, and we look forward to the postseason. I remind you that you can follow Chandler Rome not only at HoustonChronicle.com, but in the pages of the Houston Chronicle and at, on Twitter at Chandler underscore Rome. We'll be certainly keeping tabs on all the developments uh, leading to the playoffs and how that postseason roster is constructed and all the way through the postseason, Chandler's got everything covered for you. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Texas Sports Nation podcast, and we'll be talking to you soon.